Today on Recliner Reviews, we are talking about an iconic high school movie, and that movie is... Barbie Princess John School. Coming to DVD in... Psych! That's the wrong... High school movie. <laughs> Ten Things I Hate About You. It's the movie that proves that for every girl, there's a perfect guy. All right, you know how I feel about high school movies. I think everyone that I review, even some college movies, I kind of think they're stupid because they glorify high school. And high school sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. I didn't go to the parties that they have in these movies. Loser! You're a loser! Even the one that's in this, they have a big party that I don't remember ever getting the invite to. Are you feeling sorry for yourself? But all that said, this, I think, is top-tier high school movie. I think it's like maybe the best, one of the best high school movies. Well, I mean, we talked about this before where um, you get these movies where they are based in like Shakespeare. And this is is based in Shakespeare. But like you wonder, and, and this came out in 99, which was the end of my high school time. So... It was appropriate, but I would have had to have gone to the movie theater to actually see it at the movie theater, which I I did not. Um, Oh, hi, Mark. But it's like one of those things where you you want to have these movies so you can be like, as a high schooler, I'm going to watch this because now I know the story. Right. Right? Because this is is based on Taming of the Shrew. And so, like, inevitably in high school, especially your junior, senior year in high school, you're reading Shakespeare, you know, and you're trying to figure out what Shakespeare's all about. And movies like this help you kind of understand because it puts it into a modern context which I know like, the story. Which I like and teachers, professors, whoever should apply that in their classes and I, <clears throat> I think I mentioned this we were talking about some other movie recently where I, I mentioned in high school we watched the Leonardo DiCaprio Romeo and Juliet Yeah, which I think was, was such a dumb movie. No! Wrong! I, I, I have never actually seen it. We should do it sometime because I think it, it just sucks but that one is like really on the nose with the actual story just set in present day. Like sure. these more abstract ones, I think. I don't know if they're teaching ten things I hate about you in high school, but they. No, pro- but I mean, you would be the cool teacher, right? If you 100%. were like, "Hey, we're gonna." Well, back then, I doubt any kid watching it today would be like, "Yeah, this is great. This is awesome." Like, I other than not doing classwork, like right, I'm gonna yeah. watch a movie in school, right? Which I want to just add really quickly. I had this history professor, history professor, history teacher in high school. It was my senior year of high school. American history. And he just, I don't know if he checked out. He had been there forever. And I don't know if, like, he just thought we all checked out or whatever. He would just show us, like, waiting for Guffman. To watch something like this would be cool. Stay cool. Unlike some of the other ones where it's a little more abstract. Shakespeare is actually credited as a writer of this movie. So there's the like actual writers who wrote it and Shakespeare. Well, he actually wrote the screenplay back then. Oh, back then. 10 Things I Hate About You, yeah. (laughs) He wanted Heath Ledger in it at the time, too. Yes, because he knew uh, Heath Ledger was going to just blow up uh, as as an actor, uh, in particular with Batman. So you could see the future. Uh, but it's interesting to say that Heath Ledger was not actually, like, there were a couple other people that could have played that role. Uh, and I think they changed the movie because the whole idea of having Heath Ledger with the accent and the, you know, like, that adds to the character. But the other options were Josh Hartnett, who was big at this time, and Ashton Kutcher. 
that, that actually Kutcher probably would have fit, but also in the 90s and into the thousands, he doesn't have this reputation anymore, but he was just looked at as this moron. Yeah. Because of that 70s show, Dude, Where's My Car? And then shortly after that was... But I mean, uh, that 70s show was, I think, after this time. So it was, I, I think, think it was the 90, 2000s, No, right? 97. 97? I'm pretty sure. Somebody looked that up. Okay. Uh, if you're watching at home, call in. 97. Um, yeah, but he had this like reputation of being kind of a dumbass. Yeah. How could this happen in me? I made my mistake. So I think that's a little bit different. And you say that the accent adds something? I think it adds something, too, right? Like, you, you've got this this character who's got this accent and he's like, you know, I think it does. It does add something to his aura and him being like kind of a cool guy. But I think I take that too literally sometimes when I'm watching movies where like how to lose a guy in 10 days. I am so fixated on the fact. On the number 10. 10! Because that's why we're doing this movie. Yes, yeah. yeah. We're going to do the movie 10 after yeah. this, too. Uh, we're so fixated on the fact that Matthew McConaughey has a southern accent, obviously, because he does. But in the movie, they, his whole family lives in Staten Island, and he's a huge Knicks fan. I'm just lost in that detail. Yeah. So for this, I'm like, is he an exchange student? Did he move from Australia? That's, that's like, what I feel. It's like he's an he's not an exchange student, but like parents move from Australia, and like he's got the accent, which makes him desirable to American teenage girls, right? Fawning over the fact that this guy's got an accent that's not a like total Jamoke accent. So I think it adds to the idea of as like in Shakespeare, right? Because this is one of Shakespeare's comedies, not one of his tragedies, there's romance that goes on, right, in, in this story, too, the whole thing, the taming of the shrew. So I think it adds to that that he's a desirable character. I guess, yeah. I just get, I got, get lost in that detail. Like, I want to know his backstory a little bit. I didn't, I didn't know any Australian. Is he Australian? I think Australian. I think so, too. I, I, think I, so. I, feel, I feel bad that I can't differentiate the accents. I mean, it's, it's Australian or New Zealand, but it's sure. Australian. I, I, I mean, I think I'm pretty confident to My say that. My high school had very few Australian kids, almost zero. Almost zero? Yeah. I mean, you really missed out by not having Australian We're not very diverse. Yeah. But uh, he does a good job in the movie. He's, uh, he's fantastic. I don't know. He seems a little bit older than a high school kid, too. And he's also, he gets... They kind of lean into that because he's at bars, he's yeah. smoking and stuff. Like he's getting away with stuff that high school kids can't do. Um, oh, it was but, the '90s too. So like the idea of like somebody going to a bar and actually being able to go. I'll, I'll say there were people who went to certain bars, maybe near a college that maybe I went to, perhaps or wear the gear from on a fairly regular basis and there was a bar that happened to be there that was pretty lax on checking identification um, and so maybe there were some people in high school that maybe went to said bar and were able to drink at said bar maybe. even though they were in high school maybe, maybe hypothetically so it's the 90s. It's yeah. a different time. Yeah, yeah. But he's great in the role, I think, because of that, because he, he comes across as mature. Um, a lot of other uh, fantastic roles in this. Larry Miller's really funny as a dad. Kissing isn't what keeps me up to my elbows in placenta all day long. Julia Stiles is good. It's just really well cast. Uh, small role, a lot of people have probably never heard of this comic at this point. Kyle Cease, who is one of my favorite comedians of this era like mid-2000s, 
He has a very small role, like two lines. One of them is, here's, here's Nigel with the Brie. Must be Nigel with the Brie. <laughs> Fantastic in this movie. And that's, I quote that all the time. I don't know why. It's here's like, Nigel with the Brie? Yeah. It's just, anytime I think of Brie. I just immediately pops in my head. Um, really good performances throughout this. And the story is, because it's rooted in Shakespeare, it's like they took the story from somewhere else. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, it's constructed in a way that, like American Pie came out around the same time, and I kind of shared on that movie when we did it. This is uh, easier to follow. It's easier to relate to, even if it is a little far-fetched. And uh, for a high school movie, I just think it doesn't, doesn't totally suck. No, I mean, and as we're older, right, to appreciate maybe some more of the, like, Shakespeare element to it, um, again, to be able to tie in that story in an interesting way uh, helps you understand Shakespeare, helps you so that you can go and see, actually, The Taming of the Shrew someplace at Chicago Shakespeare or something, and you're like, okay, I get it. Like, I remember in this, like, you, sh you shouldn't rely on that, however... You know, you could say, oh, I remember it in 10 Things I Hate About You. This is the relationship between the characters, and this is the, you know, this is the storyline. So, I, I mean, it keeps it interesting in that respect. I'm more interested in, like, some of the, the tie-ins with the actual actors. So, like how uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in this movie, and he and Heath Ledger were both in Batman together. Yeah. Well, actually, I think, well, they were in Batman, not together, I think, right? Heath Ledger was in uh, in the in the Dark Knight, and then jo Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in the next movie, yeah. the one that was filmed in Pittsburgh, not Chicago. Not the Chicago. other one, the other ones that were filmed in Chicago. Um, but like, it's interesting. And Julia Stiles, like, this was the time when Julia Stiles like blew up, and because of this, she got the role in uh, say The Last Dance, I think, or one of the dancing movies that became like her niche, which was her thing, like all the dancing movies. It's important to note that Heath Ledger, when he's, he's doing the, the scene at the football stadium, which is iconic, mm -hmm. right? Like you, you look at even like the, the parody movies where they're making fun of teen movies and they do yeah, a singing. Not another teen movie. Yeah, yeah, like where they show somebody singing in a football stadium to woo someone else. Um, but he sings Can't Take My Eyes Off of You in this movie. And there are three Batman actors who have sung that song. Heath Ledger is one. Okay. Christopher Walken sings it in The Deer Hunter. Okay. And Michelle Pfeiffer sings it in The Fabulous Baker Boys. All three <laughs> villains in the Batman universe singing Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. That's such a pull. So I mean that's I mean that's a deep and that's that's entirely coincidental because of they all oh yeah of course yeah because Deer Hunter was the seventies right I mean long before Christopher Walken was playing in Batman that's so funny but yeah so and the other thing I want to note here is while it's cool that they tie in the Shakespeare thing whoever was doing the fact checking for this movie really dropped the fucking ball on this. Because the tagline for this movie is, how do I loathe thee, let me count the ways. Right? Which most people associate as being a line from Shakespeare. Right? From a Shakespearean sonnet. Trouble is, it's not from a Shakespearean sonnet. It's from a, a sonnet 
that is inspired by Shakespeare that was written by uh, Elizabeth Barrett Browning, but it wasn't written by Shakespeare. But literally no one is going to know that. But they're literally say, no one would know They're going to say the word the and then think that was clever. Yes, yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of spoiled because, you know, my wife having done Shakespeare on stage in a lot of, like in college and after college, and so like there's a lot of Shakespeare exposure in my house. So it makes it easier to say for me, yeah, that's not Shakespeare. Like, that's not a does that, thing. Does that ruin the movie for you? It Isn't completely it? ruins it. Like, takes me out of my element, and I can't even imagine how I can get into The Taming of the Shrew ever again because of the fact that they ruined this tagline. One other factoid, not even a factoid from me, uh, Seattle movie. I thought oh. it was Portland. It's Seattle. Okay. Now, now, I mean, now you have me doubt it. Yeah, Pacific Northwest movie. Yeah. Best uh, Pacific Northwest movie comedy? I can't even, I can't even like, come up with a list of like five of them. I don't know. I mean, that, I don't even know. I can't even think of I anything. I just appreciate like, a movie that's not set in New York or L.A. Yeah. I, I've expressed my disdain for movies that are set in New York but don't need to be set in New York. Well, I guess uh, Animal House was filmed in Portland. It was, but they, they never... But they never say the location, where it's, Which is great, because yeah. it makes it, it can be anywhere. Yeah. Office Space was filmed in Texas, but it can be anywhere. I like, right. I like yeah. when, when movies do that. This is obviously the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And <clears throat> I appreciate a movie set are, in the city Are we not. counting, like, TV shows, too? Because we could talk about Frasier. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Hey, Frasier is a... Hey Arnold, hey Arnold is, is allegedly set in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Now, does Hey Arnold have any relationship to Chaz? Uh, like, it, it, does it take place in Chaz? I think if they were to reboot it, they should throw in that plot line. I think hey Arnold always had kind of adult themes in it, so that'd be yeah. a good one. Well, that's a, that's a free one. I'm, I'm giving that to you for free, Hollywood. I think if I were to rank Pacific Northwest... TVs and movie, I'll go, hey Arnold one. Ten things I hate about you, Frasier. How could this happen to me? I think Frasier is really Frasier's underrated. Really good. I think I it's know. underrated because it plays itself off as this like highbrow comedy, and to a certain extent it is, but it's also not. Like it's also not yeah. highbrow comedy. Like That's fair. Hey Arnold, Frasier, ten things I hate about you. You I think maybe I need to watch more Hey, hey you Arnold. You should. That's the second Hey Arnold reference yeah. on the show in the yeah. last couple weeks. What do you think that IMDb is going to say about this? I think people love this movie. I, I, everyone that I know that is familiar with it loves it. I think it's actually pretty high. I'm going to say 7-6. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to say just because it's a late 90s, kind of teenage movie. It's going to come down a little bit. It's not going to be that high. I'm going to go 7.0. Ooh, even number. Who's got it? 7.3. Ooh. Split the difference. Split the difference again, <laughs> yeah. No jinx this time. No, okay. that was good, though. Yeah.